can say where the road goes, where the day flows, only time. That's a song called Only Time by Enya. Uh, great song. Great band, of course. And all you got is time in your life, bitch. Hi, I'm Manly Souza. This is the Manly Souza Show podcast number one. The format of these podcasts will be a uh, short introduction about myself, maybe some current events, things that are happening in my life. I.e. today I closed on a deal, which is pretty good. Uh, I like closing on deals. Real estate deals, of course. I've uh, been in real estate like 10 years, so I know a thing or two. Anyway, these podcasts will have the short introduction, maybe uh, a little bit of history about myself, or maybe a short story. I don't know, it's going to be very random like the universe or maybe it's not so random i want to kick off the diversity in music just to keep everybody aware from the onset that my music choices are all over the place uh, geographically uh, culturally socially etc so this first song uh, i want to introduce aida nicole chuck uh, this song is called diamond notch I've heard of her, I found a YouTube video that had, I don't know, millions of views, and um, she's a Ukrainian singer, and she went up on stage, and she sang so well that the judges had no idea that it was her real voice, they thought she was cheating, so they asked her to do the same song, but an acapella version of it. She ended up doing it and just crushing, you know, standing ovation. So uh, that song she sang in um, that X Factor Ukrainian version was called Lullaby, but this song is called Diamond Notch. So enjoy. Уже не с 
were you dancing? I hope you were. Because it's a very dancing song. I know I was. Anyway. I guess I'll get into some of the questions here. So this question comes from Best Nice Guy. <laughs> How do you act like an adult instead of a teenager? The answer to this one is in the question. Act. You just act. You just act like an adult. You just do it. It's acting. One of the reasons why we pay actors so much, we become a part of the paying. Hey, Brad Pitt, will you take $20, bro? <laughs> so, yeah, that's essentially it. You just you just act it out. A um, couple of things come to mind. There's a sign. I've seen it. Um, and it's in all caps. It says, uh, black letters with a yellow background. It says, don't grow up. It's a trap. You know, growing up in... Uh, in a conceptual mindset. Of course you want responsibilities. Of course you want to, you know, get your shit together. You want to, you know, work out. You want to be relatively in shape. You don't want your whole life to come crashing down on you because you're depressed and down and out. But you also don't want to be um, free of responsibilities and not have anything going on with your life people don't like those kind of people so i say act fake it till you make it um number two what could kill you in your daily life that people don't even understand um texting people texting and driving people not paying attention on the goddamn road um it's it's just about daily Somebody swerves into my lane and um, it's inevitable. They're going to get into a really bad car accident. I was watching on Facebook the other day. I don't know what state the guy was in, but he was recording. I guess he records every time he drives. And uh, sure as shit, fucking van slams into the tunnel right in front of him. And the first thing he says is, hey. Glad I got that on camera. So, three people in the car. And uh, they were all freaking out. So, that's what I think. I think uh, texting and driving is really bad. And uh, I don't know how many people have died. I'm sure the numbers are out there. Um, Elon Musk for the win, I guess, in that scenario. With your driveless cars. Uh, driverless cars, rather. We just text or go to sleep and imagine jumping in your car and, you know, go on Instagram, double tap, get the likes, poof, you're at work. So that's going to be pretty cool. All right. What is the most strange wrong number call you've ever received? I'm fucking tired of I'm fucking tired of the insurance calls and the warranty calls like, good God. How did they get all of our numbers? A buddy of mine was showing like 20 times they called him in a day. How is that legal? You can just fucking call people and... Bitch, I got a brand new car. Are you going to tell me about a, your warranties expiring, Mr. Souza? Fuck off, dude. So those are highly irritating. That question came from Spike GD. 
So this one comes from Chill Cloak. <laughs> These people's names are just really funny. I would just put anonymous. Why would you even Zelda five six eight? Uh, what was the cringiest thing you did in your first relationship? I was terrible at relationships. I'll tell you that now. I was really, really bad. If I even had a relationship, um, I would say I didn't hit puberty until about 28 or so. That's when things really started to turn around. Um, cringiest thing. I would say not really having the balls to do anything. Uh, I was a total nervous wreck growing up. I had no interest from females. I was the beta in the social setting. I was made fun of. I was kind of the court jester, but I really had no respect growing up. And uh, it was traumatic, you know. My, I guess you could say it was traumatic. And most people's high school, I would say, is traumatic. You, you're oftentimes feel like an outcast amongst wolves and jocks and. Uh, you know, the cheerleaders and social status and it's hard. High school is uh, traumatic and if you don't press through that uh, into your 20s, if you're always haunted by your past, it's ugly. I've seen it. It gets really, really ugly. So, <clears throat> yeah, the cringiest thing I've had was not having the balls to do anything, but I'm glad uh, my balls dropped in my late 20s and now... Uh, not too many cringy things I can think of I do now. Alright, so, number five posted. Cannabis chameleon. Instead of red flags, what are some green flags which signal you're in a positive, healthy, and long-lasting relationship with your SO? SO being significant other. God damn, this is a good question. What are some green flags? I would say a power couple. If you could both work and strive together to attain both of your goals, that would be a green flag. Um, in other words, if you both work and achieve your goals together as one unit instead of two individual units striving to achieve your goals individually, um, I would say that's a strong indicator of a relationship, or in your case, these green flags. I would much rather see two people uh, getting their shit together via whatever they do, like a real estate husband and wife, real estate power couple. Maybe she does like a lot of lead generation and he ends up closing the deals. When I was in car sales, I remember... We have these things called UPS, UPS, and when people start coming in, you, each salesman would say up, so whoever said up first would get to deal with the client in that sense, so you try to sell them a car, and if it didn't work out, you would do a pass or a turn, they would call it, and I would turn them to another car salesman, let's say Paul, for example. Because if Paul can get in the deal, talk to the person, and he can close that deal, I would get 50% for the turn because I called it up first. 
So half of a deal is better than 100% of no deal. So two people working together is much stronger than uh, two people trying to work as individual units. All right, this is Krista Per P-U, one, two, three, four, five R's. Outside of a job, what do you do to make extra money that anyone can do? That anyone can do? Wow. I don't think you can answer this question, or anyone can answer this question. For me, I do real estate on the side. I got my full-time job. I think it's widely known that I do this. Everybody knows. I post on social media. Um, I'm more of an investor, I would say. Uh, even though I got my license and I do help people buy and sell homes. I don't really recommend everyone doing real estate. Um, because there'd be no clients. Uh, or buyers. Something everybody can do. I guess something everybody can do is to follow their own interests. And let their curiosity guide them and find their passion. Uh, it rem reminds me of a story. There was a TED Talk by uh, Sir Ken Robinson. I might have his name wrong. But he was talking about how schools kill creativity. And he told two stories. The first story he was talking about um, how... A, how the parents of a young girl thought she had ADD. And when they put her in a room and observed her, she started dancing. She was dancing all over the, the room and they were watching her dance. The doctor said, your daughter doesn't have ADD. She's a dancer. So go ahead and enroll her in a dancing class. So they did. And she ended up being a successful dancer, putting on Broadway shows and all these types of things. So it's funny because traditional parents would probably pill their daughter up and stifle the creativity. And that's the argument he was making that schools kill creativity. The second story he was telling was how... He was working with a girl, and she didn't want to work. She said all she wanted to do was to ride horses. And he told her to do that, and do only that. So she started just riding horses every day, every day, just ride horses. She loves horses. She was around the horses. And then she ended up being an expert in the horses because she put in her 10,000 hours. She ended up having her own like horse stable and running a business and she's got multiple of those and that's another cool story so christopher what i think everybody can do i know i went on two kind of side stories i think everyone should figure out what their interests are and you you'll never figure that out unless you let your curiosity guide you your curiosity has to guide you because it's going to open doors. And you need to open doors to see what's on the other side. So open as many doors. See what you like. And get really good at it. Figure it out. Learn the ins and outs of it. And figure out a way to monetize that endeavor. 
Arayim. Question number seven comes by. Reddit, read it, Reddit. How would you feel about a law requiring parents that receive child support to supply the court with proof of how the child support money is being spent? Man, this is a crazy question. All right. I think it would change everything. I think uh, divorces would not be as high as they are now. Um, oh, how do I sound? How do I articulate this out without sounding really like a terrible person? I think it's common knowledge that oftentimes a female will go for a guy who has a higher social status, especially when it comes to currency, in an attempt to become pregnant by said individual so that she can end up getting a child support that is ungodly amounts and or alimony depending on the state. Um, maybe even marry him, divorce him, and take half of his assets, right? It's common knowledge that the courts are really anti-male. Um, I could tell you many stories about uh, military personnel just getting absolutely wrecked in uh, divorces. So, um, my divorce was mild compared to, you know, the stories I hear and or witness. Uh, so, if this law were to be in place where the court is supplied with proof of how the child support money is being spent, uh, I think the strategy of, uh, what do they call them, thoughts, uh, would change dramatically. The numbers are bad already. Uh, the American Psychological Association, I know they put out uh, 2017 that the divorce rate is somewhere between 40 and 50%. Uh, people, everyone knows that the marriage rate is going down, especially in the military. Uh, came across an article, military.com, 56.6% of active duty personnel were married in 2011, it dropped to 51.7% in 2017. So, that's the numbers there. Alright, number 8. Oh, number eight's a fiery one. I'm black. Why should I... Oh, tomorrow's 4th of July. Uh, or right now, depending on what time this is released. Uh, and or you listen to it. Or it's probably in the future. Alright, I'm black, why should I celebrate the 4th of July? It wasn't my ancestors who were free. They were in chains for 100 or more years. Hmm. Um, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, why should anybody celebrate anything? Uh, it's, it's, it's all kind of made up. Um, we can talk about the birthdays. And how it's just... You circled the sun again, and then you're a year older because you went around the sun. And you get cake and ice cream, and people treat you like you're special. And then the next day, you're back to being not special. So, um, 
non-Mexicans, they celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Non-Irish people celebrate St. Patrick's Day. President's Day is celebrated in Black History Month of February. Uh, just about everyone celebrates the end of the year holidays and the new year. Uh, so shut up and enjoy your life, no matter what color you were born with. You were given a certain color pigment when you were randomly spawned on this planet and you can't really control it, so... Things you couldn't control, I say, just press, man. Uh, celebrate the 4th of July, celebrate the 5th of July, uh, celebrate every fucking day. Uh, nobody cares. Uh, there's a fireworks show on the 4th of July, probably, depending on where you live in. Go enjoy that. Um, you know, intake the experience that is life and uh, don't worry about it so much. You are just wasting your time. Thinking about that, you should celebrate every goddamn day. Alright, my son would have turned 34 this month. I'm 34. My wife and I raised him only to get him killed in Iraq. What? My son was born this month in 1984. That's the same year I was born, year of the rat, what, what? My wife and I raised him giving good values. He was a great kid. Growing up, he wanted to be so many things. A firefighter, a pilot, or a lawyer. On September 11, 2001, it changed everything. It changed, yeah, it changed everything. Everything got changed. When we got attacked, I could see something had changed in his eyes. He wanted to do something for our country. My wife and I were proud but a little scared. Well, that's normal, you know. Um, uh, he must have been terrified too. I was terrified. Proud but a little scared when he announced he was joining the Marines. Bush had just invaded Iraq. I think, uh, if my memory is good, March of 2003 was the speech of uh, we're going in. However, our son told us the bad part was over, and he told us that he probably wouldn't have seen combat. I think that's the safe thing to say. Um, troops may know deep down inside that they know they're going to witness some things that most humans aren't going to witness. So, it's a nice city to say that. Uh, I'm not going to see combat. Uh, where I'm going, it's not. It's going to be fine. It's kind of the default statement that a lot of troops go to. I agreed to believe that, but I knew deep down that things were bad. So you had a sense of it. Your spidey sense kicked in. The day before he deployed, he told me something that just a year prior, he would have never told me. He told me, I love you, Dad. I didn't think much of anything back then but after he died I thought it was almost as if he knew that it would have been the last time we saw each other wow this is tough to get through this little story on a chilly morning in 2004 as I'm about to go to work I see a navy chaplain and a marine both in dress uniform I knew that he was gone my wife fainted. In those minutes, I thought about family vacations. 
about his smile, about that young boy that my wife and I had raised only to lose him in a dirty Iraqi war. My son would have turned 34 years old this month. Ex-President Bush isn't out of a son. We are. I miss what my son would do, who he'd be today, and it makes me wonder what have we raised him for only to get killed in Iraq. If you are a Bush or were a Bush supporter back then, please tell me you have an answer. First of all, sorry for your loss. Um, I've done three Iraq tours. Uh, the enemies, they don't play fair there. It's the only way they can win. Um, you didn't say how he died. Was it a sniper, an IED, a V-bed, a uh, mortar attack? IED, for the non-military folks, uh, is improvised explosive device. And then a V-bed is a vehicle-borne IED, improvised explosive device. Your son is a hero, um, and I'm sure he would not want you to spend your energy being sad about his death. I wish I could track you down. I, we could have a coffee or a beer. I would like to learn about your son. I have a bunch of questions. I would like to know how he was raised, um, what drove him to join the Marines at that critical time, what his friends were like, what some of his hobbies and interests were. Um, and you posted anonymously. Uh, if you ever hear this, please reach out to me uh, at admin at manlysuza.com. Um, yeah, uh, there is no answer. Uh, none. That is uh, something nobody should ever go through. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to take a break here. Wow, I'm back. That was a rough story, man. I had to get a beer. I feel bad for the family. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> At what age did the fear of dying leave you? 28. Uh, 28 was a very paradigm-shifting year. And I feel like that began the snowball of who I am today. You, you start rolling the snowball. It's hard to roll at first, but as soon as you get it rolling, it gets bigger and bigger. And with momentum, it gets a lot easier to roll. But you also have to make sure you don't that snowball doesn't uh, spiral out of control. Because... I think it get big and roll down the hill. Anyway. I would argue that <clears throat> people still fear dying. I don't think really you lose that. I think you just kind of accept it. Like, you're going to die. I'm going to die. Everybody's going to die. So much so that, you know, the right side of my body is tattooed in death. So I've been obsessed with death. For a long time. That's a good question. Um, but. Someone goes swimming. And a shark rips their torso in half. They're going to be screaming. They're going to be terrified. They're going to have two or three minutes. 
left on planet Earth. And that fear is a primordial fear. So, I don't think... Uh, the question is even relevant because everyone fears dying. So, I think the question should be worded in a way. At what age did you come to accept your fate of being thrown into the fire and being into an urn and or getting eaten alive by insects. And for me, that was 28. So, thanks for your question. The funny thing about death, going back to the question, is whenever I thought I was going to die, uh, one thing I've noticed is, and I don't know if it happened for you as well, I reflect back on my life and I think, you know what, I've had a pretty good run. Uh, it's been fun. I've traveled the world. Um, you know, I've met amazing women. Um, it's been fun, so the acceptance comes even in that instant. Can I afford an apartment that is $628 a month? Jesus Christ, man, I hope so. Fuck. I'm 21 years old. And desperately want to move out of my parents' house. Desperately is not the word. If you're 21 years old and you're using the word desperately, that's not congruent to your statement here. Get the fuck out. <clears throat> you want to do something, do it, bitch. I'm 21 years old and desperately want to move out of my parents' house. I have a full-time job. I make $12 an hour. What is the minimum wage? This guy's got to be in uh, Indiana or somewhere where they pay really low. $12 an hour doesn't seem like a lot. So I make $12 an hour. I work around 40 hours per week. I work around 40 hours per week. In 90 days, I get an increase in pay, but not sure how much yet. Didn't go ask. Walk into your boss's office and be like, hey. In, uh, in three months, I get an increase in pay, and I want to know how much, because I'm thinking about moving out of my goddamn parents' house. <clears throat> Before taxes, I make 480 a week, but after taxes, I have about $400 a week. The cheapest apartment around where I live. Uh, this motherfucker, you need to do math. Take a college course. You know what? You can get your apartment for six twenty-eight a month, and you have enough money to take a goddamn math class. Look at your stupid question. $400 a week times four weeks in a month. You make $1,600 a month. $628 a month rent? You can have like 900 some left. Ah, oh, millennials. Must be a millennial. You, but what, what I really want you to factor on a serious note is you're going to have an electric bill 
So your six twenty eight a month isn't gonna be depending on the landlord, of course, and the way uh, the building is structured. If um, sometimes like a multifamily unit, they will have a common electricity, and the landlord, the owner, will have to pay it. <clears throat> Oftentimes, and when we went up to Indiana to look at houses, we were looking at multifamily units, and we were talking to contractors and we were talking to uh, property managers and trying to figure out how much does it cost, what does it entail to individually separate uh, the meters so that the tenants would pay it. So make sure you read all of that too. Uh, based on your math skills, I would say your reading is terrible. So get your shit together, man. Yes, you can move out of your goddamn parents' house. Why? Why do you want to move out of your parents' house? That's really the question. <clears throat> if you have a good relationship with your parents, you have a big room, maybe you have a separate entrance, maybe things are nice, you have a good spot for your car. Stay, stay and save money. But if you absolutely want out, then get out. Like, you need to figure it out. There's a saying I always go to. If you want something bad enough, you'll figure out a way to get it. And if you don't get it, you just didn't want it bad enough. So, there's that too. Yes. The answer is yes. That's a long-winded uh, answer, but six twenty-eight a month is uh, nothing compared to your sixteen hundred. And listen, kid, you're a kid, twenty-one years old. You goddamn kid. You can get another job. Forty hours a week is nothing. You can work for. You can work eighty hours a week. When I was nineteen, I was pulling seventy hours a week, trying to unfuck my life. So, yeah, you make $1,600 a month with your, what do you say here, around 40 hours a week. In 90 days, you get your raise. But you can fucking get a goddamn other job. You can deliver pizzas on the side, uh, depending you having a car or not. You could fucking do anything. You could work construction. You could, um, I don't know, dude. You could figure it out. You could find something else. You could uh, work at a restaurant. Like you could wait on the weekends. You could work at night. Uh, this is America. This is land of opportunities. You can figure it out. Go on Craigslist. Look at jobs and work, work, work. If you want the money, if you're worried about the rent, if you like the bills, like just get more money. If money is the issue, just get more money. It's not that fucking hard. Oh, I'm stressing about my bills and all these things and my money's at zero. Make more money! What the fuck is happening? Ugh. Don't get me started. <clears throat> Moving on. Okay. I know my. <laughs> Another question about money. I know money will definitely be tight. But is it worth it? Can I afford this? On top of this... Oh, he's just asking a second part of the question. 
Okay, let's go back to this guy. Man, I wish I had a name with this kid and an email and a Facebook and a figurine that I can hit a double leg takedown with. I know money will definitely be tight, but is it worth it? But is it worth it? Is it worth it what? Is it worth it to live free from your parents and have your own place and money's going to be tight? Is that really like what if you put those two things on a scale, one's going to weigh like very uh much more heavier than the other. Can I have, on top of this, I spend 174, oh, so he has a car. He spends 174 for his car payment. 174, what kind of car do you have? And about $60 for my car insurance for a month. That seems about right. I'm still also paying off student loans, but it's almost paid off. Wait a minute. You're 21. You're paying off student loans. You don't say you're going to college. Student loans for your associate degree? Unless you were on a fast track to get your bachelor's. And if you have your bachelor's, getting another job should be relatively easy. <laughs> Last sentence. My mom is willing to pay my phone bill. <laughs> she doesn't want you to go anywhere. Oh, Sonny, please stay home with mama. Your call, man. Do whatever you want. I say get the fuck out. Um, I can't think of another mammal that stays with its family for 21 years. Um, can you? Uh, I like to think of a turtle when I think of things like this. Because a turtle pops out of an egg and it's just go. You, you emerge from that egg and you immediately have a battle to face. There is no 18 years of coddling. There is no, but I want my Facebook and I want a phone at 8 years old. There's none of that shit. The turtles break through the egg and the birds are going to get them. And the crabs are going to get them. And then they got to make it to the goddamn ocean. And then the ocean is terrifying for them as well. Like there is no mercy from five seconds of being a turtle. You pop out of that egg. Hi, welcome to planet Earth. And a fucking dinosaur from the sky comes and gets you and eats you head first. So move out of your goddamn parents' house. You're going to be fine. Alright. So this next person is Butter Tits. Uh, I'm going to guess it's a female. Statistically, this would be a female. Uh, most students are females. Most students uh, that go and get their graduate degree are women. Uh, most doctors that graduate. Women really dominate um, college right now. So the question is, people who have their master's degree or higher, how did you pay for your education? It's a good question. For me specifically, I got lucky. I joined the military, and the military paid for a lot of my education. I'm about a year into the doctorate program. I got about three years left. 
Um, the master's degree I paid uh, some of it as well depending on my status in the military. So I got lucky too. I, I did pretty well financially. I made uh, some very smart decisions in my 20s and early 30s. Uh, Post-divorce, of course, like divorce just whooped my ass. So I know that uh, some agencies like Papa John's, if you get like a C or above, I think they reimburse you. You have to turn in your grades and then they reimburse you. So try and find agencies or ask your employer uh, to figure that out. Also, the Pell Grant. The Pell Grant helped me out a lot. But the Pell Grant doesn't uh, go up to the graduate degree, unfortunately. Loans. Loans would be a better way. You don't say what kind of master's degree you're going for. You don't say where you work. There's a lot of information lacking in this question. I would say I need more information about you, but for me specifically, I got lucky with the military, some smart investments, and uh, I worked my ass off for a long time. All right, this question is by... Sid27, another college question. Did you think getting your master's degree was worth it? Why or why not? Yes. Anytime you can deviate away from the mean in a hierarchy, uh, academically or any anything to do with anything, do it. If you're just the average Joe, you're going to get average Joe results. So let's say... You get your associate's degree. And guess what? Everybody has their associate's degree, right? So you try to escape the crowd of associate's degree by getting your bachelor's degree, right? And then you're surrounded by people who have their bachelor's degree. And the environmental factors change because now all these people are trying to fight for certain jobs and criteria that need to be met via their bachelor's degree. So you go one more further and the process of elimination begins. One by one, each time you go up, more people get eliminated. So the higher you go up, the less competition you have. So when you deviate, you separate yourself from the average, you're going to be in a much better bargaining position than those you came up with. Then they're going to ask, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do all that? Easy, bitch. I just fucking deviated from the mean that's all you gotta do it's all statistics everything you can look around you it's all statistics if you can be the exception to the 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 mass majority of people that are just doing x and you're over here doing y and y is much more valuable than x do that homie that's all you gotta do deviate 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 do the things that other people don't do. I often tell people success comes from doing the things that other people don't want to do. Uh, so there are certain trades that nobody wants to do that gets paid very well. Uh, electrician is one thing that comes to mind. Uh, for me, I'm like when I do renovations in a house, I've been shocked enough and I'm not competent when it comes to electrical work where I feel comfortable to do some certain electrical tasks. So I call a professional, and they're expensive. 
The same goes with plumbers. Who the fuck wants to do that? But you call a plumber and then you get a $400 bill for like an hour. It's like, what in the fuck did you do? Uh, sir, I did some stuff that you don't want to do. So here's your goddamn receipt. Roger that. That's what they're going to say. Deviate from the mean. Do the shit people don't want to do. Uh, get your master's degree. Because people are going to be weeded out. It's funny. The class I'm in now, we started with 17 people. We're about halfway done with the class. And about 36% people dropped. Right? So 17 people, 6 people dropped. So whatever that number is. Uh, it's more than a third. So I just threw 36 out there just for math. Um, yeah, so the process of elimination and the Darwinian evolution will bring you up where people that don't uh, adapt to their surroundings and the surroundings today is you need your degree. Uh, if you look at certain jobs, it's all master's degree now. People want people with MBA. Uh, master's in Health Administration, the MHA, uh, Master's in Psychology, uh, so on and so forth. So, yay, I say, get your master's degree. And it's worth it. Um, you become an inspiration to others as well when you do it. They look at you and say, that motherfucker could do it, I could do it. And not everybody's going to be able to do it, especially when you work full time and or you have kids and a family and you have a side hustle and you're trying to have a social life and you try to travel and you try to have family life and so on and so forth. It's going to be hard and people are going to give up. So if you don't give up, what is the saying? If you never, if you don't stop, you become unstoppable. I fucked that up. Something like that. Moving on. <clears throat> Posted by. Oh, oh, hey, it's PJ. Oh, hey, it's PJ. All right. He asks, Alaskans and Hawaiians of Reddit. What's the biggest difference between you and the rest of mainland USA? Well, I can't, I've never been to Alaska, but I've seen pictures and it looks amazing. Um, I like the fact that you can hunt for your food up there. That's pretty cool. But for Hawaii, the biggest difference is that if we drive for an hour, we've probably seen everything on the road. So that's probably the biggest difference. You... Like, I know you can start in San Antonio and drive for, like, four hours north, and you'll still be in the same state, which is insane. When I was in New Hampshire, uh, I drove down to Massachusetts. I went up to Maine. So, New England is special because you can just drive around states, no problem. Uh... A lot of people that are born and raised in Hawaii and never leave Hawaii, they can't really fathom that. So that's probably the biggest difference. I don't know where I'm going to retire. I would definitely retire in the mainland. I, uh, that sounds like a plan amongst plans. 
uh, get a van, drive around, you know, camp certain places, check out Idaho. Um, I don't know. We'll see. No one knows what the future holds, right? Only time, like Enya's in the song earlier. All right. What else questions do we have here? All right. Members in Hawaii. What initially went through your mind when you first heard the false ballistic missile warning? All right. <clears throat> For those who haven't heard about this, this was all over the news. The Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, HIEMA, H-I-E-M-A, sent out a text to like, I'm guessing here, but 95% of Hawaii area code cell phone numbers got this text message. I'm guessing, of course, but I was in the 5% or 1% or whatever the percentage is of people that did not get the text message. So it was like 8 a.m. or something, 7.50 some, and um, I'm doing homework, I'm drinking coffee, it's early in the morning, I'm, you know, trying to get my day started. And I get a text message from one of the troops, and she said, is it real, is it real? And I said, is what real? Because I wasn't aware. So she sent me a screenshot of the Haima and of... Them saying, uh, seat cover, seat cover, incoming ballistic missile, something to that effect. And I stay up to date with current events. And to me, North Korea shooting Hawaii at that specific time didn't make sense. It did not, it did not meet the rhetoric that North Korea was putting out. They were talking about meeting Trump, they were talking about new denuclearization, they were talking about peace, they were talking about a bunch of stuff that they haven't talked about ever. So for them to randomly want to shoot a ballistic missile at Hawaii, no less, you would get much more casualties if you hit Seoul, um, LA, if they can reach LA, Tokyo. I, it, it didn't make sense to me, so I went online and I kind of came to the conclusion before the governor put out his Twitter that it was fake. And the goddamn governor uh, couldn't even log on to Twitter. Uh, so he's doing terrible in the polls. His popularity has decreased dramatically. Uh, people don't really like him and uh, there will be a new governor here shortly, so... Uh, when I first heard the false ballistic missile warning, I wasn't really emotional about it. I kind of had the inclination that it was fake. I live kind of close to base, so if it was real, I'm sure I would have heard jets uh, take off or something to that effect. It's funny because people were screaming. People were in the, in the streets, like, screaming their head off. Help me, help me, save me, we're going to die. It's all I heard from the street. There's a hotel right across from me. And it was just screaming, screaming, screaming. And people, like, racing on the streets. I've heard there were tons of car accidents. Because um, you have to imagine, 
you get that text message and you're at work. And you're leaving work. I mean, that person is going to leave work. They're going to jump in their car. And they're going to go 80, 90, 100, 110 miles an hour. They're going to get back home. If you're going to die, you want to die with your, you know, with your family, near your kids. You want to make sure they're safe. So you can't really blame them. But I got a lot of cop friends and they were saying it was absolute um, bananas. So. All right. Oh, another question about the ballistic missile. This is by Echo Cookie. People who made an impulse decision when they found out Hawaii was going to be nuked, what did you do and do you regret it? Uh, this one really doesn't apply to me. But what it, what did cross my mind was, uh, we're going back to the death question, uh, seven questions prior. I've lived a pretty good life, man. This is a this was a fun ride. This was a I I acknowledge that this is a temporary ride. I acknowledge that uh, nothing lasts forever. I acknowledge that we might be in a simulation. I acknowledge that uh, God probably doesn't exist. I acknowledge that uh, all things come to an end. I acknowledge that this might have been just one big accident and uh, a concoction of chemicals has made me you this microphone the computer um the three people <laughs> that will listen to this so i acknowledge all that and uh it's been fun i you know i, I don't believe in a, a vis invisible sky man who watches down on all of us and hates gay people and wrote a book and um but only some books made it into uh his favorite book collection, let's call it. So, uh, a lot of people don't understand the Gnostic files that didn't make it. Uh, one of them is the Gospel of Thomas, where Jesus turned a kid to stone. So, that's a bad PR for uh, Sky Daddy. Anyway, that's all questions I have here. Um, I'd like to put these out weekly. So, we'll see what happens. I don't know if I can keep this up with the blog. Might be a little more difficult. Or I just increase my time management skills. We'll see if I can pull it off. Alright, I'm going to leave you with a song by Ed Dupa. The song is called Promised Land. Very few songs are 10 out of 10. And this song is goddamn 10 out of 10. 100 out of 100, whatever your barometer is for measuring music, this is a great song. Um, I've gone back and forth with him on email. He's a great dude. Um, I watched his videos on YouTube. I think you should follow him on Twitter. You should follow him on uh, social media. Check out his music. Uh, I'll play the song, and uh, you be the judge. But if you don't like the song, then something's wrong with you. Uh, listen to the song. Uh, think about the lyrics, really listen to the lyrics, and keep today's day and age in mind. Alright, that's the end of the first podcast. Uh, we're about an hour in here, so I'm going to go get another beer and uh, call it a night. It's 11 o'clock at night here in IEL, so we'll talk soon. Don't forget to follow me on 
social media. I'm at uh, twitter.com slash manlysouza, instagram.com, same thing, manlysouza, Facebook. I'm on all the platforms. Uh, you can also reach me at manlysouza.com if you know anybody uh, looking to get into real estate and or buy or sell homes. Uh, feel free to contact me, especially with VA loans. Okay? All right. We'll talk soon. Adios. Yeah.